everyone, you're listening to the Jersey Church Podcast, where we give practical tips to equip people to care and connect others to Christ. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the Jersey Church Podcast. I'm Todd Smeltzer with my co-host, Matt Reed, uh, still not physically with one another, uh, but uh, but as we said last time, uh, we foresee that day coming, mm-hmm. you know, uh, closer rather than farther away. And uh, good to be back with you on, this is actually our ninth episode for Who's Your One. And ninth episode. Ninth episode. That's yes. good, man. So we have officially eclipsed our eight episodes for uh, the coronavirus. So we, uh, we've turned the tide uh, in some ways and uh, looking forward to being back with you on a topic that is, uh, uh, has really been instrumental, um, I know, in, in my life as well as, uh, as well as Reed's. And the title of today's uh, episode is Keys to Being Curious About Your One. And comes from a book that we've referenced uh, multiple times. And in fact, prior to getting on, we're like, you know, we're going to have to let Doug know we've been, uh, Doug Pollock know we've been talking about him a good bit. Uh, He'd probably like that. He would. He really would. So we're going to send him uh, uh, this episode once uh, once we're all uh, done with it from his book, God Space, and have just taken a a few chapters from that that just offer up a, just a very logical, natural sequence of, of uh, getting to know people. And, and, and this idea of what we mean by being curious about your one is, the word he uses it for it in the book is uh, wondering your way uh, into a, a person's life. Not W-A-N-D-E-R, but uh, W-O-N-D-E-R. Just uh, asking the Lord to give you a wondering spirit about them. And, uh, and we'll talk more about the, the difference that's made in, in our lives uh, here in a few moments. But, uh, but one of the first steps in, you know, as we, uh, we talk about being curious about someone is just, you know, simply noticing things about mm-hmm. them. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think with the noticing, it's, it's really an ob- observing Right. Like, Mm -hmm. like I would say, if I notice something, then I observed something. Um, And we do that with, uh, yeah, I I guess I wrote, I wrote down here in my notes, I was thinking, you know, I want to make sure I mentioned something about the eyes, but I do think we notice thing with notice with all of our senses, right? Like Mm -hmm. we notice with hearing how somebody's voice sounds with smell, Mm -hmm. like, you know, if somebody just got knocked into a garbage can has come out smelling, that's a good thing to notice, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, but also, you know, with, you know, hearing and seeing and smelling, but then, um, with seeing Matthew six twenty two talks about how the eyes are the lamp to the body. Right. You know, so I think there's, there's two spots for that. There's one, my eyes are the lamp to the body in the sense of what am I noticing will probably be the things I care about. But then also, you know, you've just, we've, we've all sat down with those people where we've looked into their eyes and we said, man, uh, something's wrong. Like yeah. something is wrong, even this morning. Um, so I tried on uh, during the coronavirus time here, I've tried to go on runs in the morning and let my boys bike alongside me. And, and so I'm, I turn around and, and my middle son is kind of a little ways back. And so I kind of holler to him. I said, are you all right? And he goes, yes, but I could never see his eyes, his little helmets down over his eyes. And so finally I kind of stop and I'm like, is something bothering you? And he goes, I didn't really want to ride my bike today. And I was like, 
all right, well, we're already in the middle of the run, so let's mm-hmm. finish. But you know, maybe you know, maybe next time, let me know. But I could tell, like, fine, I, like he kept saying, "I'm fine, I'm fine," and finally, I was like, "Bud, you are not fine." Mainly because I just look at your eyes and you seem frustrated. And and I think that that obviously it's easier with little kids at times. Um, and we've all been in those situations where just how much it means to us when. Uh, to use your example, whether it's uh, a bad day or whether it's just somebody has picked up on uh, something about us, whether it's our spouse or a friend or you know somebody uh, in the church body, when they have uh, noticed something and ask us about it, and it's like, oh my goodness, you know, just the how you brought up the you know tying it to caring, you know how much that means to uh, to us personally when somebody uh, notices something without us even saying it uh, and does something about it or uh, or asks about it so yeah just a powerful aspect of uh, of getting to know somebody else right yeah and 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 I think it shows respect uh, mm-hmm. I think it shows that you know when you say hey I noticed you it like you said Todd it shows care but it shows respect that somebody matters Mm-hmm. And, and they feel that they may not be able to verbalize that back, but they feel it. Um, you know, I was talking with a, a gentleman this morning and, and it, he was a believer. So, we, but we were talking, and I was just asking how some things were going. And at the end he goes, he goes, man, I don't think I've ever put any of that into words, but that's exactly how I feel. And it was just, you know, basically what happened was he was telling me a story and I noticed something. So I asked him and, uh, and it just kind of led to some, something else. And I was, you know, in my head, I'm noticing like, okay, for some reason, my understanding of this man and his history isn't connecting with the story he's telling me today. And it's like, okay, why is that? And I was actually trying to make the connection in my head. And finally, I just said something to him and he did the connecting for me and it helped me understand him better. But then at the end he goes, man, that was, I'm glad we talked about that. I don't think I've ever put that stuff in words before. Um, right. and, and what a meaningful interaction that turned out to be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and it was all because I'm just listening to him and I, I noticed something. Um, and you know, it's interesting. Uh, so we're preparing for this podcast, you know, God does things in, 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 in great ways. Uh, we're also going through the book of Mark. Well, chapter eight, uh, was just recent and I read through, um, chapter eight. I taught it a couple of times just in my own devotional time. Uh, but that's where Jesus feeds the 4,000 and it says that he looked on them and he had compassion. And then mm-hmm. he told the disciples, I want, I want to feed them because if they leave, they're not going to make it home. Like they don't have food. They'll, they'll be exhausted and they'll fall on the side of the road. And, uh, and I just like, you know, Jesus noticed those people and he didn't notice a spiritual issue, uh, which I'm sure he knew about, but he, he spoke about the physical issue. Um, you know, he's looking at these people and he's like, okay, they're here and they're not leaving soon. And I really care about these people. So I need to figure out a way to take care of them. Um, right. And, uh, and, and I think for me, as I was, as we, had we been talking about this whole episode, like that just really jumped out to me that that's what Jesus did. He noticed people, you know, he noticed, I, I think another one is the woman who was constantly bleeding. Um, you know, she reached out and she touched his robe and he stopped and he said, power has left me. Like he noticed something like something's different. And it went to somebody and I want to know who. And, uh, and, you know, and again, that wasn't so much noticing, but seeing, but he just perceived it in his body that something was going on and he noticed it and he responded to it and responding to it. He just honored this lady. 
Um, you know, yeah. he, you know, she could have, she was scared to come for him. I think she probably thought he's going to take it back that maybe, you know, I was undeserving and I shouldn't have taken it, but instead Jesus looked at her and blessed her. And, you know, just the, again, that he noticed her. Um, so. Right. And I think that's when relying on the power of the Holy spirit that takes noticing to a whole nother level. You know, it's one thing for us to, uh, notice on a uh, a human level, it's just oh my goodness, that was so obvious. Uh, anyone could have picked up on that and uh, ran with it. But it reminds me, as you were talking in one of the f- book God Space, uh, he calls them faith experiments, and mm. one of the ones he mentions is uh, for for the next month. You know, begin each morning with a prayer that goes along uh, these lines. You know, Lord Jesus, as I interact with my, you know, in general, but if we were to rephrase it for our one, Lord Jesus, as I interact with my one, help me to see them as you do. Mm-hmm. And then the exercise is to write down things that you hadn't noticed before. You know, anything as you're asking the Lord, anything that the Lord brings to mind that you wouldn't have noticed uh, without the power of prayer, without the Spirit's leading. And, I mean, you talk about taking noticing to a whole other level because then you're, I mean, in, I mean, you are serving them in a supernatural way. You know, you are, you know, God's inviting you into uh, their life in such a way that may, they, they may not uh, be even close to being able to deny where did that come from? (laughs) I didn't, I didn't, I didn't tell them about that. I didn't uh, mention anything. I didn't realize that that was even something that was coming across through my actions or through my words. And, and, uh, and then you're, you're really getting to a person's heart. I, I think another quote from the book that just really, really grabbed my attention is he, he's talking about, uh, spiritual comfort zones that we all have, regardless if we know the Lord or don't know the Lord. And, and I wrote this one down. He said, a person is f- who is flooded with uncomfortable feelings cannot decipher good intentions very well. This might explain why so many non-Christians distrust, 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 there we go. Don't uh, trust. Third time's a charm. There you go. Hey, that's even better. That's, that's a lot easier to say, don't trust. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Even well-intentioned Christians, and that really caught my attention because how many times have you been in a conversation with somebody or a relationship with someone where just something out of the blue just you know uh, comes across, and it's like, well, not sure that was really uh, where I'm at right now, but hey, thanks for the thought, you know, and uh, and then to Doug's point, I mean, it really does put you in an awkward situation because you know, it, it screams, yeah, really weren't listening to me. Uh, You know, do they really know me? Do they really get me? You know, can I trust them versus someone that has, uh, you know, prayed for the Lord's insight, uh, noticed something about them and is, uh, is looking for a way to serve them in a way exactly as the Lord would have them to. And in a way that they just can't deny that it's like, oh my goodness, that was a true need of mine. And there's no getting around the fact that uh, they met that without even me saying anything. So, or maybe I did and they remembered. Yeah. And I think too, it, it, a lot of it goes back to people's emotional, uh, emotional 
stability, emotional yeah. reality. And you said people who are, I love that quote, people who, uh, who are flooded with uncomfortable feelings cannot decipher good intentions. Well, mm-hmm. you know, because they're so flooded with, you know, feelings that maybe they don't even understand or they haven't even processed. The moment somebody tries to interact with them in a positive way, they are, they're, they're going, well, wait a minute, I have all this negative baggage. That's not allowing me to engage with you. Um, but it's funny, I was in a class one time where they were teaching us to, to do counseling. And so it was really interesting. They brought a student up and she put the student down and she said, um, uh, this is my professor. She goes, um, she goes, I want you to tell me about one of the hardest times in your life. And she looked at the classroom. She said, hey, he might share something. Let's all agree that this does not leave the room. And we all, you know, we all agreed. And he began to tell her about a time and she just looked at him. She goes, that sounds really hard. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, it was, it was really hard. And she goes, and it sounded like it hurt pretty bad. And he's like, yeah. And, and almost, and by the end of the practice, it was kind of funny because she then kind of snapped out of it. And she goes, she looks at him and goes, what are you feeling right now? He goes, I'm almost crying just because you observed the emotions that I had. Yes. And and it was like, it was like, because, because they were hard things and he had worked through them. This guy was a, a healthy individual, but um, but because she identified him and she didn't tell him what he was feeling. She said, it sounds like that would be this. It sounds like that. And she let him speak back and say yes or no. But the longer they did it, the more she got to the emotion that he felt. And, yeah. and he felt that he said, I felt like this weight was coming off, but I also felt like this flood of emotion, positive emotion was coming. And, uh, and so it is that people are trying to process this and they just need somebody to step in and love them really. Right. Right. And oh, just brought up another story I hadn't thought about uh, in a little while. So I was at a small group training, Steve Gladen from just um, incredible guy, for, uh, pastor out of California, founder of the small group network. And, and he, um, he was trying to provide a real life example of the power of, of noticing and then serving someone. And so He just asked for a random volunteer out of the audience. And he said, you know, beyond just remembering a person's birthday, beyond just remembering uh, a couple's anniversary, but something that is really meaningful to their heart. So asked for a volunteer to come up. And so this lady comes up and and he starts to get to know her a little bit. And and then he asks her, um, you know, so tell me about some, uh, you know, just one of the high points of your life. As you think back over your life, you know, just, just what's the first thing that comes to your mind when it's like, wow that was a really, really good time and good experience. And she said, uh, well, the first thing that comes to my mind is, uh, you know, I love to hike. And there was a time when I did a, a fair amount, uh, a good stretch of the Appalachian Trail. And it was one of the best of times and, and one of the hardest times in the sense of it was the Lord just really did a work in her life through that process. I can't remember, this is years ago, how long it was or all the details, but I just remember, you know, it was clearly meaningful to her and uh, we didn't think anything more about it. We were like, okay, yeah, that was powerful. All right. And then he said, you know, and wow, what would it be like if you remembered that and served her in such a way? So it was a three day conference and evidently he, you know, it was, um, this was before uh, Prime One Day shipping, so I don't know how he orchestrated this, but he calls a friend and got a um, an Appalachian Trail patch overnighted that next day. Huh. And so on the last day, he had her come back up, and he said, you know, um, 
forget her name, but I've, I've just been thinking about you and, and uh, just what that experience might have been like. And, and, you know, the Lord kept bringing that to mind uh, over the last couple of days. And I just wanted to give you something that uh, uh, let you know that I was thinking and praying for you and gives her this patch. She is in tears. I mean, just bawling her eyes out that it's like, Oh my gosh, he, we thought this was just like an exercise, you know, just a one-time thing. And, and, uh, but then, and it was such a powerful display of uh, when we notice something, when we uh, serve them in a way that is, uh, wow, just really takes them back that somebody cared and loved them that much. So, yeah. And I mean, and you and I both know as, uh, as pastors, one of the best things we can do is when we have somebody who comes into our office and, and share something with us, you know, you wait a week or you wait two weeks and you see them and you go, Hey, how's this going? Right. Mm -hmm. That means the world to them because, and it's, and it's real easy for, for anybody to listen to somebody, to be intent in that moment and then to set it aside. But when you remember, it is a good way to love them well, right? Right. Like Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, I've just found that to be one of the most powerful tools we have in, in ministry is just remembering and loving people well that way. Yeah. And it, and it, it all goes back to so much of it just goes back to listening and praying. And I don't know how many times the Lord has brought me back to Matthew seven twelve. I know I've referenced the last couple episodes, but you know, whatever you wish others would do to you do also to them. Mm-hmm. And as I'm listening and picking up on things, uh, I think that is, uh, you know, a key aspect in all of this as well. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. My wife and I are uh, lots of stories today. Yeah, I know. This has been good. Stories. Yeah. Um, I, uh, my wife and I are doing some premarital counseling and uh, my wife is, is, uh, has her master's in clinical and mental health. Uh, so she's a, she's a trained counselor. I am not. And so I remember the first time we did this, the couple. Actually, both our wives are. That is. Oh, that's right. Really, that's strange. Yeah. Now, in some ways. So yeah. we've both probably been diagnosed multiple times. Oh, man. I bring everything, all my junk home to my wife. It's like, <laughs> I don't care. I don't even care what strategy you use. This helped me feel better. Uh, it's like, how could my diagnosis, honey, uh, change in two days? You know, I thought you just diagnosed me with this yesterday. Now yeah. I've got something else. So. <laughs> It's not like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just sometimes. <laughs> but so the first time that we did uh, premarital counseling, um, you know, I just did my normal thing. They get up, they leave. We had a good time. My wife very, very kindly after they leave, but very quickly goes, hey, just remember that this time is about them, not about you. And I was mm. like, oh, what, well, what do you mean? And she <laughs> was so kind. And she said, well, you know, you told this story and then you told this story and then you made this point. And she's like, we want them to do the talking. And Mm, I was like, oh, and that was really hard for me. Um, I mean, I'm on a podcast where I just get to talk all the time. So um, (laughs) the only person interrupts me is Todd. (laughs) Um, I just talk, I tell stories. But when, when I heard that, I knew she was right. And basically what I was doing was I was hijacking the conversations. And yes. I was making them about what I remember. And sometimes I'll be honest, sometimes the stories I was telling don't even connect, but in my mind that did. And, but it, they weren't being helpful to, uh, to the people that were sitting there looking for help. I wasn't listening to them. I was, I was talking to them. And, and so, but, but I will say we still do that. And we're, we're we had a new couple come in last night and, um, and we, I always make that joke at the beginning. I say, you know, Mary's probably going to call me down from telling a story, but the more I've listened, the better, uh, we have been at premarital counseling 
Um, and so I'm really the weak link when we do that. Uh, and so, uh, but, but I, I've, I've just seen that so much where, you know, I'm listening and I'm asking questions and, and then that's where I find like, okay, this is where we get the real stuff on the table. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we don't get the real stuff on the table if I'm telling them a story about, about me and then they respond to it. They get, we get the real sto- stuff on the table where, you know, like I'll ask the question, like, you know, so how are you guys doing? Right. Or, Hey, your stress level seems high. Can you tell me about it? And then that's where they start to, to talk. And so, um, so, I mean, with all of this, you know, we want to notice them, but the best thing to do after noticing them, you, know, you notice ways you can love them, you can serve them, but then just asking questions takes everything to a whole nother level. Um, so true. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel what, like, you know, the Lord has just used Mary's uh, input to really provide an opportunity for me to interrupt you more, you know, <laughs> and just, ask, just really feel like I've been given permission through. Yeah. You know, through. So thank your wife for that. All right. I will. I will. And uh, you, let me tell you, there were a couple of times where she frustrates me because she's, she's interrupting a really good story. <laughs> Now, she does remind me that I have like a, like 10 stories and I just tell them all over and over again. So she's heard them all. So uh, she'll be like, now her thing is, uh, I've heard that one before. And I go, all right. And then I just smile to myself and I keep moving. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's easy to hijack. But then also I found when I don't listen, I dump on people. So like, yes. that was the other thing where it's like, you know, I'm in premarital, just keep running with the premarital thing. Um, I'm meeting with the, these people for premarital counseling. I'm telling them all the lessons that I have learned, right? And I'm mm-hmm. telling them everything. And let me tell you, like, I, I've learned a lot about how I mess up. And so there's a lot of information I could tell them. They don't need to hear all that because the reality right. is some of the husbands that I'm talking to have already figured the, that stuff out, you know? And, and what I need to do is ask the questions um, of like, so what are you struggling with? You know, what are, what are some of your fears here? What are some of your worries? And when we talk about who's your one, you know, it's those same things. You notice something and you go, hey, I noticed you, you know, you weren't your normal, excited self. You all right? And, or, hey, I noticed your stress level was high. Or, or hey, I noticed you're actually extra happy today. You know, you have a good weekend. You have a good day. You know, what's going on? And then just let them talk. Yeah. And I think one of the fears that I've, uh, know that raises up within me when we go down this approach uh, and I've heard from others is okay but where are all these questions going to come from and I think of all the things that you'll read in the book God Space uh, the chapter on wondering and this idea of a healthy curiosity about someone I think really does hold the most promise uh, if you really want to see the quality and quantity of your gospel conversations increase. I know if there's anything in, in everything we're going to say today, you know how you know, sometimes uh, preachers or teachers will, uh, or if you remember nothing else, remember this, you know, <laughs> yeah, that line. Uh, honestly, personally for me, it would be um, really digging into this idea of wondering your way into a person's life. If there is, has been anything that has transformed um, my ability to get to know somebody else. It has been this concept, this principle. And, and really more than anyone else, Jesus knew the great questions, uh, the power of great questions. Right. And I remember the first time um, I was put onto that. I think there's, there's another book called Questioning Evangelism. And, uh, but, uh, but this idea that 
how many times in, in Jesus's interactions with other people, uh, when he, they ask him about something, he responds to the question, you know, more oftentimes than not. And another quote from the, the book is, I mean, uh, great questions lead to great thoughts. And then many great thoughts are needed on the path from someone being transformed into a self-absorbed person to a God-centered Christ follower. And I love this idea that questions help peel back the layer of a person's heart and expose the thing that stand between them and God. And to your point uh, previously, oftentimes they might not even know that, you know, and for us to uh, go into a conversation thinking more about answers, thinking more uh, about things we have to tell them. You know, in most conversations, questions are actually going to be more important than answers. I remember the first time I read that and, and really thought through that, it's like, hmm, uh, never really thought about it in those terms, you know? And okay, why would that be? It's, you know, because most of the conversations, people aren't ready for the answers that we'd like to share with them. And so it really takes good questions, uh, being born out of desire to get to know somebody, uh, not to gain control of the situation, not to manipulate the conversation, but, but questions are going to help them unlock uh, the reasons that might be uh, between them and a desire to know God, or between them and uh, and understanding who Jesus is. So I think more than anything else, and I've been floored at how long you can keep a conversation going, just asking the question. Uh, a lot of times, Doug will start off with uh, this idea of, you know, example could be, uh, you know, that's an interesting perspective. You know, I'm wondering how you arrived at that conclusion, you know, and, and start even starting the, the question with, I'm wondering, you know, I'm wondering why the topic of Christianity seems to stir up such a, you know, a strong emotion in you. And then you're listening to their response. And then, you know, oftentimes I'll pray this simple prayer. All right, Lord, uh, help me to wonder more about them. Help me to be more curious about them. And before you know it, it's like that question led to this question, this question, this question, this question. And I'm amazed how long you can keep a person going. Uh, and again, not just for the sake of them talking, but wow, to really help them reflect on uh, what they really do believe and how the Lord might be putting you into their life to help them. Yeah. And I think, you know, you nailed it when you said earlier that we feel when we ask questions, we feel like we're losing control. Mm -hmm. And then, but, but when, you do, true. That, when you do that, it's, it's, it's exactly what you said at the end. We need to pray and say, all right, God, you know, you give me the questions, you give me the answers, you lead me through this conversation. And and it's uh, uh, Mark nine twenty four. I believe. Help my unbelief. Like God, I, I, you know, I want to do the right thing here, but I'm, I need your help because I want to control it. And, um, and I, yeah, I, I think I love that question, uh, Doug Pollock. On so if you get the book, God's Space, it's on page sixty. Just fast forward to page sixty. We we'll even put it in the episode show notes. You oh, know, we'll put it in episode just, show notes. You just yeah. click on that episode and hit details, and it'll be right there. We we'll even provide go. a link. Couldn't there be any more go. easier. So. Yeah. And I mean, cause it's uh, like my favorite one is, you know, saying, am I hearing you right? You know, you're saying this, this, and this, and they go, they say yes or no. And then I'll be like, well, why is that? You know, it's just like, you know, and then they just take off. Right. And we know people love talking about themselves. Um, I mean, obviously I do. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mary. Yeah. Uh, yes. No. <laughs> no, you're true. We, we all do. Yeah. We all do. So, yeah. Uh, this is good. Uh, so we, you know, we talked today about noticing, 
You, you want to notice what's going on in the lives of people around you. And, and as you notice, that's going to lead you to, uh, to a place where you can lovingly serve people because you're going to notice what's going on. You're going to be able to ask the right questions. You're going to be able to remember things about people. And, and then part of that, again, I guess I already said it, but asking good questions. Um, you, add, you know, to notice and to wander into somebody's life, asking great questions and listening to the answers uh, gives you, you know, gives you so much information on people that you can use not to manipulate, but to love and to, to help them come up with the ideas themselves, which leads them to Christ. So, you know, and, and Todd mentioned this earlier, I want to encourage you guys, spend a day where you ask the Lord, Lord, I want to, I want to notice and open my eyes, open my ears and my mind to notice what other people are feeling around me. And then do that for a day and then just come home and write some of the things you notice down and just see what happens, right? Just see what God opens your eyes to. And hopefully, I, I believe he's gonna give you opportunities to share the gospel or opportunities to love people as he would love them. Uh, so, okay, hey, that is it for today. I wanna thank everybody for listening. Um, we, uh, like Todd said, we're going to be putting some of these stuff, some of the stuff in the show notes. You just type on or click on the details and the notes will be right there on the podcast. Uh, and we hope that today was encouraging and helpful to you. So. Thank you very much. See you next time.